Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents, Working for Death. This tale opens in the late evening, and we find Carl Hodges, in his fifties, dressed in faded blue overalls and holding a broom, standing on the third floor of the local hospital in a small town working the graveyard shift. He looks out a large window at the pouring rain and watches as several of the last cars pull out of the parking lot, leaving a small night crew of nurses and doctors. Mike Johnson, in his mid-twenties, dressed the same as Carl in blue overalls, works several feet away emptying and cleaning a garbage can. Jonathan Smith, in his twenties, Carl and Mike's supervisor, comes walking up the hallway and stops behind Carl with a look of frustration across his face. I can't believe what I am seeing right now. Here you are, standing in front of a window, staring out at God knows what, when you have a job to do. We've talked about this over and over again, Carl. You don't get paid to stand around with your thumb up your ass. You get paid to push a fucking broom around and do whatever task I so happen to assign to you. Carl continues staring out the window, ignoring Jonathan. You are unbelievable, man. Are you seriously going to just stand there and ignore me right now, Carl? Carl, with no sense of urgency, casually turns around. What are you getting all agitated about, Jonathan? I was just taking a break, which the state says I'm entitled to do. I'm just watching the rain for a minute. Jonathan glances out the window, then back at Carl. Are you kidding me? You're old as dirt, so I know for a fact you've seen rain before. It's wet and falls from the sky. Jonathan points out the window. And that rain out there is nothing special. There is nothing new or exciting about it. Jonathan quickly glances around, ensuring they are alone, then steps up close to Carl. Do you think I enjoy having to ride your geriatric ass, Carl, about getting your work done? Well, here is a newsflash for you. I don't. I actually hate it. You literally make my job worse. You may already have one foot in the grave and don't give a shit about anything, but I'm on the fast track. And don't need you fucking things up for me around here. Carl stares at Jonathan. It's obvious. If it wasn't for me, this damn place would literally crumble to the ground. That jack-off they have in charge of facility operations right now has no idea what the hell he is doing. The only reason you are here right now is because he likes your sorry ass. However, the writing is on the wall, my friend, and he is on his way out. Once that happens, they will put me in charge and I will bounce you right out the door. Then everybody around here will realize that I'm the foundation of this place. Carl smiles. What's with the smile? You think this is funny, Carl? Carl looks at his watch, then Jonathan, then sighs. <laughs> well, actually, I do, because of how you've stood here all this time, grandstanding on your soapbox, flexing that so-called proverbial power you think you have, and in the process, wasting time that I could have been using to get these floors all mopped and clean. Mike, cleaning the lid to a garbage can, laughs, causing Jonathan, <laughs> furious, to spin around and stare at him. Excuse me. I didn't realize you were part of this conversation, Mike. Is there something funny you'd like to tell me about? Uh, it was nothing, sir. Uh, sorry about that. Jonathan glares at Mike. That's what I thought you would say. 
Now, why don't you get back to scrubbing those cans and minding your own business? Mike quickly goes back to scrubbing as Jonathan turns back to Carl. If I was you, Carl, and thank God I am not, I would start looking for another job. (laughs) I don't know about that one. I kind of like pushing a fucking broom around and having a little cum stain like yourself jump up my asshole on a nightly basis. Jonathan shakes his head in disbelief as he leans back, staring at Carl. What the hell did you just say to me? Just a collection of words that have apparently generated an unpleasant response from you. Perhaps you misunderstood what I meant. Jonathan looks back at Mike, who was watching, which causes him to look down quickly. Then Jonathan looks back at Carl. I will fire you right now, Carl. Just say it again. Please do us all a favor. The elevator door suddenly opens, distracting Jonathan (laughs) as several attractive young nurses in their 20s come walking out. Jonathan quickly spins around and takes a step toward the elevator, ensuring that the nurses see him. Good evening, ladies. I hope you are having a wonderful evening. Jonathan, smiling, watches as they walk down the hall. I'm telling you, that brunette Jamie has one incredible ass. Did you see the way she was looking at me? She totally wants me. I would love to crawl up between her legs and hibernate for the winter. Jonathan turns back to Carl. All right, Carl. I want you to pick up the pace and get the floors all done on this floor... Then I need you down in the basement. Carl gives Jonathan a puzzled look. Wait a second. Did I hear you say the basement? That's what you heard, because yes, that's what I said. Well, we don't touch the basement floors until Friday. Blake has us on a strict routine of what floors to do. Like I have already told you, Blake has no idea what he is doing. And besides that, I'm the boss at night's. You do what I tell you to do, or you can walk your ass out the door right now, Carl. We have a couple VIPs coming in this week, and I want those floors waxed and shined. That is flat out just ridiculous. It's literally a pointless task. You damn well know they will never step foot down there. It's a total waste of time. Again, you are free to leave right now if you do not want to do the tasks that I have selected for you to complete. I wouldn't give you the satisfaction of letting you get under my skin. That is fantastic to hear, because I am going to ensure you get assigned the worst possible details on every one of your shifts. Carl just stands, looking at Jonathan. Wow. Maybe you can teach an old dog new tricks. Just need to provide a little pressure on them. I never thought I would see a moment when Carl doesn't have... Some kind of smart-ass comment. Jonathan laughs as he backs away from Carl. I suppose I'll step down off my soapbox now, because I surely don't want to take up too much of your time, as you will certainly have your hands full tonight with those basement floors. Jonathan, laughing, turns and walks down the hall as Carl stands watching him, cracking his knuckles. What a little prick. I swear to God, I wish that son of a bitch would have been down in Columbia with me. Mike, making sure Jonathan is gone, walks up to Carl with a newspaper in his hand. Uh, What the hell are you rambling on about now, Carl? What is down in Columbia other than coffee? Carl looks all around, making sure nobody is listening. 
then turns to Mike. Well, Mike, if you must know, there just so happens to be a collection of mass graves nobody will ever know exists. Mike scratches his head. If nobody is supposed to know about these so-called mass graves, then how the hell do you know about them? Because it just so happens that I'm the one that dug them all. Oh, you are so full of shit right now, Carl. You actually want me to believe that you were in Colombia digging a bunch of graves? Are you questioning my integrity right now? Why in the world would I lie about something like that to you? Mike shrugs his shoulders. Yeah, honestly, I have no damn clue why you would want to come up with some insane story about mass graves in Colombia, but I guess you could. Carl nods his head in agreement. I can see your point. Especially in this day and age where everybody's lying to everybody. Hell, just look at our politicians and all the bullshit they spew out of their mouths in order to enhance their bank accounts. Lie after fucking lie. However, in this case, I am not fucking with you. Mike rolls his eyes. Okay, all right, I'll play along. So, why was it that you were even down in Columbia in the first place? Carl leans back, looks down the hallway again, then looks right into Mike's eyes. I can trust you, right? Sure. What I'm about to tell you is very sensitive information, Mike. You must promise you will never speak of it to anybody. Mike smirking raises his hand up. You have my word. I will never speak of this crazy story to anybody else. Carl takes a step toward Mike. Wipe that fucking smirk off your face because I am not fucking around here, Mike. You need to keep your fucking mouth shut. Jesus, Carl. Dial it down, man. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. All right, I'll keep my mouth shut. Carl takes a deep breath. Back in my younger days when I was in the Marine Corps, they sent out our squad on one of those special missions that doesn't really get put on the books, if you know what I mean. They sent us to Colombia to exterminate the country's biggest drug czar. I mean, they wanted this fucker wiped off the face of the earth. Okay, just so I'm on the same page here with you, you were saying that the United States government sent a team of Marines down to Colombia to kill a drug czar? Yes. Oh, well, this story is just getting better and better by the second. I gotta ask, if this so-called mission was off the books as you say it was, something would have come out about this happening one way or the other. There is no such thing as off the books with social media and all that shit. My young friend, you are so naive to the ways of the world. Do you really think the real wars get splashed all over the news networks or social media? So this team of yours traveled all the way to Colombia and exterminated this drug czar and his men, then buried them? I wish it was just them. But I ended up burying more than that. So not only did you kill this czar and his men, you apparently killed others as well and nobody gave a shit? I mean, no mother or father kicked up a fuss about all these missing family members? Nobody ever gives a shit about these types of people. When we got there and stormed this guy's compound, we quickly found out his personal army outnumbered us considerably. Typical army intelligence, fucking us over as usual. What happened? It was a clusterfuck. My team was falling all around me. Total massacre. Well, you must have done something right. You are standing here today. I don't know if it was right, but I stuck my dick between my legs and dropped to the ground like a total pussy. I was a coward and I 
I didn't want to die. So I grabbed a dead body and covered myself with it. All I could hear was screaming and gunfire. Then as fast as it all began, it suddenly stopped. When I pushed the body off and slowly sat up, I found not only were all the members of my squad dead, but so was the drug czar's army. Mike looks at Carl, confused. Who the hell killed them if everyone was dead? That's where the shit gets kind of weird. As far as I could tell, the figure killed them all. Wait a second, I I thought you said everyone was dead. What figure are you talking about? As I sat up and surveyed the bloody battlefield, the jungle seemed to just open up in front of me. I shit you not, this figure came walking out of these trees, taller than any man I had ever seen, and straight towards me. Why didn't you shoot it? I mean, you still had your weapon, right? I scooped up my rifle and quickly had the figure in my sights, but for some reason I could not pull the trigger. What? Was your gun jammed or something? As far as I could tell, the weapon was perfectly fine. It was... It was me that was jammed. I literally felt paralyzed. I couldn't move. As the figure just walked right up to me and looked down with these solid, blood-red eyes. Blood-red eyes? What did you do? There was nothing I could do. I just stared back into those blood-red eyes for what seemed like hours, and then before I knew it, I found myself on my knees pushing the last of the dirt over the grave of all those men. So you buried all those dead people? What about the figure? What the hell was it? It's actually very ironic. You chose that word, hell. Because that night in the jungle, I came face to face with death himself. Mike leans back, studying Carl. Death? That's right. Death himself. It was amazing. Because with no words spoken, he was able to show me a brand new world, filled with opportunities. Is that so? So he did some kind of mind melt with you? Fucked if I know what to call it. I just know what happened. And opened all these locked doors in my mind. So, in this brand new world that death showed you, what kind of opportunities did it provide? Carl glances at his watch. Holy shit. Will you look at the time already? I would love to stand here and tell you all about it. But you heard that little prick. I've got to get down and wax the floors in the basement. I'll tell you what, Carl. You can spin a good story. The way you get into it, with so many details making it so elaborate. You think all of that was some made-up story I came up with to entertain you? You don't believe anything I just told you? Mike rolls his eyes. Of course I believe you, Carl. It's all right that you don't believe me now. Because you will very soon. Carl looks down at the paper in Mike's hand. What's the deal with the newspaper? Mike, excited, unfolds the paper and holds it up. Did you see this? Apparently you struck again last night and it wasn't that far from here, actually. Carl glances down at the paper. The Midnight Mangler strikes again. Kind of a catchy name. Has a nice ring to it. Mike looks at the paper, then back at Carl. You think so? I mean, you don't think it sounds like one of those cheesy nicknames they always give the killer in one of those terrible horror movies, do you? Carl shrugs his shoulders. 
Hmm. Honestly, I don't really give a fuck what kind of name they come up with. I guess what really matters is what you think of it. Carl steps over and hits the elevator button, then looks at the garbage cans, then slaps Mike on the side of the arm. Those fucking garbage cans won't clean themselves, Slick. You better get back at it. The elevator doors open and Carl steps in, then uses his foot to ensure the door doesn't close, then looks out at Mike. By the way, if you ever mention any of the stuff I just told you about, I will literally slit your throat from ear to fucking ear, and I will watch you bleed out. Do we have ourselves an understanding? Carl winks at Mike as he removes his foot, then pushes the basement button and disappears behind the closing doors. Mike stares at his reflection in the doors of the elevator. Holy shit. And here I thought I had problems I was dealing with. That old fuck is as goofy as a wooden watch. Mike, laughing, goes back to cleaning the garbage can. Carl, carrying a handful of equipment, comes walking around a corner into a large room that is dimly lit. Well, this is certainly some bullshit. Nothing has even been moved yet. Carl drops all the equipment on the floor as he stares at a collection of boxes stacked against the wall. Ah, that little prick. Carl walks over to the boxes, flipping the lid off of one of them. What is this shit? Carl reaches into the box and pulls out a handful of papers and sorts through them, as a smile slowly creeps across his face. Now, this could be some very interesting reading. Carl looks at the boxes. Let's go ahead and make things more comfortable, shall we? Carl pushes a couple of the boxes around, forming a crude chair, then sits down. Ah, so much the better. Carl holds up one of the papers. Shit, the only thing better than reading death certificates would be a nice cup of coffee right now. Carl has his legs propped up on one of the boxes, drinking a cup of coffee. As he closes his eyes, then reaches into the box, pulling out another death certificate, then opens his eyes, and looks at the paper in disgust. You gotta be shitting me. Another damn stomach cancer. I get it. A lot of people die of cancer, but give me something with some fucking substance already. Carl crumples up the paper and tosses it across the room into a pile of other crumpled papers, then reaches back into the box, pulling out another one. Heart attack. <laughs> He crumples it up and tosses it in the pile, then reaches in, grabbing another one. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Nothing like a good blunt force trauma to the head to make things exciting. All of a sudden, Jonathan comes walking around the corner and stops when he finds Carl just sitting. For Christ's sake, Carl, why am I not surprised to find you sitting on your ass right now doing absolutely nothing? Carl slowly sits up. Now don't go getting all amped up. I was just taking a break and resting my legs. You have me doing very laborious work down here. Jonathan looks over at the pile of crumpled papers, then at the cleaning gear on the floor, then back at Carl. Are you serious? Jonathan motions toward the floor. You haven't done shit. You've been down here for over an hour and have done nothing. Wait a second there. That is not true. 
Carl motions to the boxes. I have crafted this impressive chair out of these boxes. Carl looks at his watch. And you are correct about the time, but I gotta tell you, boss, it feels like it's been several hours. You know what, Carl? I've had it with you. I want you to clean out your locker right now and leave my building. Carl slowly stands up. Look at the young buck growing some balls. Are you really sure you want to fire me? Blake might have something to say about that. I don't give a fuck what Blake says. I will deal with him tomorrow, and he will see things my way. Are you sure about that? Am I sure? I should have canned your ass a long time- Jonathan is interrupted by his cell phone, which he answers. What? You have to be kidding me. Tell Phil to stop screwing with it and wait for me. He paces in front of Carl. I don't care if he thinks he can fix it. Just tell him to leave it alone. You know what? Just forget it. I'm coming up there right now. Jonathan shoves the phone in his pocket and glares at Carl. Go ahead and get comfortable on your throne of boxes because I will be right back with your walking papers. Carl gives Jonathan double finger pistols. Whatever you say, boss. Jonathan storms out of the room as Carl drops back down on the boxes and grabs a new handful of death certificates and leans back. That little shit's night is about to get very interesting. Jonathan, carrying termination papers, walks into the basement, finding Carl gone. Just great. Now where the fuck did he go? Carl! Jonathan looks down at all the death certificates that have been dumped all over the floor. What a fucking mess. Jonathan looks around the room. Where the hell are you, Carl? Don't play fucking games with me. Jonathan kicks at the papers. This is ridiculous. This is something a child would do. All you've done is given Mike more work. Jonathan, furious, kicks one of the boxes. That's it, Carl. I am done fucking around with you. I'm calling security and letting them deal with your old ass. All of a sudden, a banging noise can be heard coming from outside the room. What the hell is that? Jonathan walks to the doorway and looks out into the dimly lit hall. Carl, is that you? The banging sound continues as Jonathan slowly steps out into the hallway and notices a door at the end of the hall slightly opened, spilling out light. I'm serious, Carl. I'm calling security. Jonathan pulls his phone out as he walks down the hall toward the open door. Jonathan slowly pushes the door open and steps into a room that is under construction and is littered with various tools and power equipment. A section of floor has been removed and is lined with rebar awaiting cement. Carl, wearing knee pads and heavy-duty gloves, is down on one knee next to a cement mixer. Carl? Carl, ignoring Jonathan, reaches up to the cement mixer, flipping the power on. The hell do you think you're doing? Carl, still not acknowledging Jonathan, adjusts several levers on the machine. Jonathan takes a step toward Carl. I'm talking to you. Carl casually turns around, showing a sarcastic, surprised look, then puts his hand to his ear. Howdy, boss. I didn't see you standing over there. It's kind of loud in here, so if you're saying something, I can't hear you. Jonathan takes another step toward Carl. I said, what the hell do you think you are doing in here? What? Jonathan points at the mixer. Turn it off. Carl looks at the mixer, then back at Jonathan. Turn the mixer off? 
Yes, turn it off. Whatever you say, boss. Carl turns the mixer off, then pulls out an earplug and holds it up as the room falls silent. Take two for safety. Jonathan takes a deep breath. Do you think you can just go around doing whatever you like that rules don't apply to you? Carl rubs his chin as he ponders the question, then looks at Jonathan. Actually, I do. Jonathan, frustrated, shakes his head. You have no idea how happy I am to get rid of you. Jonathan holds some papers up. These are your walking papers, Carl. Carl looks at the papers. Take off all that equipment that doesn't belong to you, then get your ass over here and take these papers, then get the hell out of my building. <laughs> I think it's a real kick in the ball sack that you actually think you can just fire me. I don't think it. I know it, Carl. This is my kingdom, my world to control. Carl walks to the edge of the removed floor. Control. You have no idea what control is until you've taken a life. Until you've felt a person's pulse quicken as you wrap your hands around their neck and squeeze the life right out of them. What did you just say? Do you have any idea what it was I did before I got stuck working for you in this? Carl raises his hand up, motioning toward the building. Kingdom? I don't care what you did, Carl. I want you out of my building right now. Carl grabs a shovel, leaning against the wall. I actually did masonry work. Not to sound too cocky and all, but I was pretty fucking good at it. I would probably still be doing that had I not had a conflict with my boss. Jonathan sighs as he looks down at his phone, scrolling through the contacts. <sighs> you can deal with security. Jonathan finally finds the security contact and is about to select it when Carl suddenly charges over, swinging the shovel, hitting Jonathan alongside <coughs> the head. Jonathan drops the phone as he falls to his knees, <sighs> grabbing the side of his head, trying to stop the cascade of blood coming out of a large gash. Help me! Somebody! Carl puts the shovel on his shoulder as he looks down at Jonathan. Oh, that's a pretty nasty gash you've got yourself there, boss. Jonathan, terrified, looks up at Carl. What is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Well, you said it yourself, boss. Rules don't apply to me, so I'm just doing what I want and fucking you up is at the top of that list. Carl winks at Jonathan as he raises the shovel up, causing Jonathan to hold his hands up. Please! Carl swings the shovel and slams it against <coughs> Jonathan's head, knocking him unconscious. Jonathan's body crumples over and falls into the section of missing floor. Oh! Oh, 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 holy shit. Talk about a hole in one shot. Carl holds his arms out as if accepting applause. Thank you. Thank you very much. Carl, laughing, tosses the shovel across the room. <laughs> ah, time to do some real work. Carl, whistling, walks to the other side of the room. In pain, Jonathan opens his eyes to find himself laying in the section of the floor that is missing. 
His legs and arms are tied to sections of rebar with industrial wires. Jonathan tries to scream, but realizes his mouth is duct-taped as he frantically looks around the room, finding Carl standing over him, holding the termination papers. Carl kneels down, looking Jonathan in the eyes. I certainly hope you find your accommodations comfortable enough. I would sure hate for you to be unhappy. Jonathan struggles to break free but can't, as Carl holds the papers over him. I was thinking that you could actually go ahead and just keep these because I'm going to quit. Carl crumples the papers and tosses them at Jonathan, who tries to scream again but only produces muffled pleas for help. Carl reaches over and grabs a handful of death certificates and holds them up. As I was reading over all these death certificates, I became somewhat sad because I realized after time, if you weren't somebody famous or relevant, you basically became forgotten. Carl holds the death certificate over Jonathan's face. It's crazy because this here piece of paper is all that is left to show you ever existed. Carl drops the death certificate on top of Jonathan's chest. I guess what is worse than that is not having one at all. You basically would have nothing to tell how it all ended. Would you agree with me on that point? Carl looks down at Jonathan. Oh, my bad. You can't talk. If you could talk, I'm pretty sure you would agree with me. Carl stands up and walks over to the cement mixer and rolls it up to the edge of missing floor. If you haven't put the pieces together yet, this is the point where your story suddenly comes to an abrupt end, like you just dropped off the face of the planet. Carl grabs the delivery tray connected to the cement mixer and swings it over the hole right above Jonathan's legs. Jonathan desperately continues to try and break free as Carl smirks. You can try all you want, but there ain't no chance in hell of you busting out. That is industrial strength wire holding you down, boss. I suggest you just relax and enjoy what little time you have left in your kingdom. Carl reaches down and flips the mixer on as Jonathan continues to struggle. Here we go. Carl grabs a handle and turns it, releasing the cement. And Jonathan's eyes watch in horror as the cold gray cement rolls off the end of the tray and onto his legs. And each machine is a little different and all, but I'd say you have about a good two minutes, maybe two and a half, if you are lucky, before this shit reaches your face. Jonathan looks up at Carl and screams as loud as he can, causing the veins in his face to bulge out. Please! Are you going to spend the last moments of your pathetic life whining like a little bitch? Or are you going to man up? and just accept your fate. Carl reaches down and smacks Jonathan on the face. Granted, your fate is going to be suffering like you've never experienced. Carl looks over at the cement that has made its way up to Jonathan's waist. Yikes, it is really creeping up on you now. Carl snaps his fingers. And it's times like these, I really wish I had some popcorn. The cement washes across Jonathan's chest, splashing up on his face. Well, boss, it's about lights out for you. 
Jonathan moves his head from side to side, trying to avoid the cement, but it's useless as it washes over his face, completely covering him. Carl whistles as he watches the hole fill all the way up, then shuts off the machine. Carl, on his hands and knees, finishes smoothing out the patch of floor, then stands up. That is some damn fine work. Carl casually walks over and flips off the light before walking out of the room. Carl steps out of the room and is startled by Mike standing in the hallway and grabs him, then slams him up against the wall. What the hell are you doing down here, Mike? You spying on me? Uh, calm down, Carl. Jonathan told me to come down here and finish the floors, all right? He said that he had you fired. That's strange because he never mentioned anything like that to me. You do realize... I could have killed you just now. Carl slowly lets go of Mike and steps back. But of course I, I wouldn't do that because I happen to like you, Mike. And we've invested way too much time in you for that to happen. Mike swallows hard. What do you mean you invested time in me? Carl reaches up and straightens Mike's shirt. My friend, we've been watching your back for some time now. The last thing we needed was for you to get caught and... All that talent to go to waste. Mike shakes his head in confusion. Carl, what are you talking about? Get caught for doing what? You do good work, but you have this nasty little habit of getting sloppy. And when you get sloppy, the authorities are able to get closer to you. And when they get closer to you, that's when you get your ass tossed in the clink. However, with our assistance, we'll improve your skills and ensure nothing gets in your way. Like I just said, Carl, nothing you are saying right now is making any sense to me whatsoever. Carl slaps Mike across the face. Stop with the fucking charade already. Your babbling bullshit might work on some simple-minded country folk, but not on me. I am here to present you with a once-in-a-lifetime offer. Lifetime offer? That's right, buddy boy. We think the Midnight Mangler would be a perfect addition to our team. I think I need to go find Jonathan. Mike turns to leave, but Carl grabs him, pulling him in close and staring into his eyes. Hey, what are you doing? Mike watches in horror as Carl's eyes turn blood red. I've already told you that we have been studying you, so we know all about you. We know that your very first kill was that innocent little blonde that was minding her own business and running down that wooded trail? It was a bit savage and undisciplined, but over time you have certainly improved your tactics. Your last kill, which hasn't even made the papers yet, that. That sweet little old couple that were fast asleep in their bed when you slit their throats. Holy shit! What are you? Carl's eyes slowly go back to normal. Technically, I am what you would call a jack-of-all-trades. But in this specific endeavor, I'm a recruiter. Recruiter? That's right. And I am here to recruit you to our wonderful team that is growing leaps and bounds. I'm still kind of confused here, okay? What is it that you want from me? Just your commitment to join our side and basically continue to do what it is you have been doing, but just with a little added supervision and minor direction here and there. Are you the devil, Carl? 
No, no, I'm not. See, I've been working for death for some time now, but boy, let me tell you something. From what I've been told, the devil himself is very impressed with your body count. Mike just stares at Carl. I don't want to stand here all fucking night stroking your dick, so what's it going to be? You coming on board or what? What if I say no? Carl shrugs his shoulders. If you say no, eh, then I just tear you open from crotch to throat and feed your fucking internal organs to you, sport. Sound appealing, doesn't it? As exciting as that sounds, I think I'm going to go with the option of joining the team. Carl, smiling, puts his arm around Mike. You've made a very wise decision that you are not going to regret. Carl leads Mike down the hall toward the exit. How about you and me go grab ourselves a couple of cold beers? Check out some tits and ass. I know this place down on 2nd Street where I shit you not the chicks will literally turn themselves inside out for a fucking buck. I don't think we can just leave right now. Why not? Well, I, I think that Jonathan would have an issue with that. Do you really think so? I'm pretty sure he would fire us. Well, I mean, fire me, since he did say he already fired you. Either way, we could both be out of a job. You worry too much, amigo. Besides, Jonathan won't be a problem anymore. And why is that? You know how he was always popping off and claiming that he was the foundation of this place? Yes. Well, now... <laughs> he really is. Carl and Mike disappear around a corner. This concludes the twisted tale working for death. Remember to keep those ears open for upcoming episodes of Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents wherever podcasts are found. <laughs>